Welcome to Explore the Word podcast. So glad you could join in today. We'll continue our survey of the Old Testament. In this episode, we'll examine the books of Nehemiah and Ezra. The books of Ezra and Nehemiah are generally regarded as one in ancient times. Ezra, the priest, is generally considered the author and compiler of four historical books of this period. First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, and Nehemiah. In the section involving Nehemiah, it's probably Ezra using the memoirs of Nehemiah in areas Nehemiah speaks in the first person. Ezra uh, was the son of Sheriah, the high priest, who was slain by Nebuchadnezzar in 586 BC. Uh, it talks about that. Uh, now, after these things, in the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Ezra, the son of Zeruiah, son of Azariah, the son of Hilkiah. And the brother of Josedek, the high priest, was also taken captive. Uh, Ezra's greatness as a law teacher is often likened to Moses, the law giver. And both, interesting enough, were Levites as well. So that's a pretty neat little correlation. Ezra's function... Uh, with the remnant, include a couple things. Uh, he reinstituted proper worship, um, rebuilt the, and in the rebuilt temple in 457 BC. And again, he was a writer compiling of these books. Uh, that was definitely something he was doing with the remnant. And since the ministries of Ezra and Nehemiah took place during the reign of Artaxerxes, it's probably um, written around the last prophet Malachi as well. So just give you a little bit of time uh, window when this took place. It covers a period about 100 years from the first return of the temple builder Zerubbabel in 537 to the uh, wall builder in Nehemiah 432 BC. So the political setting, these, these books introduce a new time period for Israel. Nationally, it's post-exile era of Israel's return to the land. So they're not ruling themselves. It's the Persian Empire. That's really the international scene. Uh, the Persian Empire is it was hot to trot as such. And many new policies they brought in affected Israel and the world. The most significant of these policies for Israel was the new Persian practice of returning exiles. Instead of deporting and transporting captured peoples as the Assyrians and the Babylonians had done, the Persians returned them to their native soil. And they did this to help promote peaceful relations in the empire. It's actually pretty wise in the long run, and it really helped them have a peaceful nation, an empire. Not only did they release them, uh, they often, the Persians, subsidized their return to help them get resettled and reinstitute their religious systems in their homelands. So the religious setting for setting for Israel, for many in Israel, the exile in Babylon had produced a revolution, you could say. There was a almost a universal defection at the time of captivity, uh, at, as noted by Jeremiah and Ezekiel. They returned in 537 B.C., uh, found good, godly uh, influences, eager to return to the land, and nearly 5,000 men, and besides women and children, return uh, to the destroyed cities and overgrown fields to rebuild. 
so it was they left because of the captivity or for the captivity because of their sin and idolatry they're no longer involved with that now they want to return uh they have uh, excitement to serve god they see the temple rebuilt and things uh, so a different mindset and there's a lot of upheaval in the world too uh, we're going to think a little bit further than just uh middle east as such uh, there is a lot of religious thinking and uh, physiological upheaval in the world. Um, Plato and Aristotle were developing their Hellenistic thinking during this time. Zoroaster uh, was a religion that began in Persia and actually became the, the official religion of the Persian Empire. Buddha developed his four noble truths. All right. He uh, that's it was during this time, and it was in rejection of the ancient Hinduism and its caste system. Um, today, Buddhism is one of the world's major world religions. It's estimated that there's 470 million people following Buddhism today. And Confucius uh, taught in China during this time. A lot of the internal strife and rejection of religious traditions taking place in China. And Confucianism still exists today with approximately 6 million followers worldwide. This worldwide religious activity and unrest emphasizes the importance of Ezra's work to preserve the true religion. The purpose of the books of Ezra and Nehemiah concerning Ezra was to document the return, to rebuild the temple at the specific time the Lord had said it would take place uh, through Jeremiah 29.10. For thus saith the Lord, that after seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good work toward you in causing you to return to this place. Uh, concerning Nehemiah, Ezra used personal records of Nehemiah to document the rebuilding of the Jerusalem walls. He shows how the Lord used a faithful man to rebuild the wall to give a measure of protection to the remnant and uh, the rebuilt temple. And to provide a bulwark, I mean, this is a physical bulwark, against the heathen culture that tended to dilute a godly purity. And that hasn't changed today. There's still that culture out there that tends to dilute godliness. Unique contributions of both these books, the Persian Empire in God's plan. Uh, the inclusive history of Ezra and Nehemiah begins with Cyrus, the first Persian king, and it's extends its scope to the naming of Jeddu, the high priest, when the Persian Empire ended in 333 BC. The empire was the second Gentile kingdom in Daniel's prophecies. All were used by God to discipline Israel and rule over them. God used the Persians to bring back the remnant. It's incredible how God used the Persian Empire. And then in time, travel time from Babylon... Ezra 7, 9, and 8, 31, Ezra gives info about the travel time from Babylon to Jerusalem, which was approximately 900 miles. It took three months and 18 days to do that travel with, again, 50,000 men, not including men or women and children. They purposely moved quickly as they didn't have a military escort to protect them in this travel. And it would have been difficult to travel that far and hazardous. I mean, it's not like today where we could drive 900 miles and whoop-de-doo, no, no big deal. 
we, of course, we got to watch out for speeders and car accidents and wrecks and things. Uh, but there was bandits and robbers galore. And so it would have been difficult and it would have been hazardous. But the Lord protected them. Uh, another thing we see in Ezra is the Samaritan controversy. The refusal of Israel to accept the Samaritan help in rebuilding the temple seems trivial. But the rift continued into New Testament times. The two people came uh, to be worst of enemies. Uh, a probable reason that they were refused, if they helped in rebuilding the temple, they would demand a voice in establishing worship. And the Samaritans' religious background had been compromised from ancient Israel. So I understand why there was a refusal by those rebuilding the temple say, no, you can't partake. Uh, it was wise to stop that from happening because then you wouldn't have any compromise or possible compromise. Uh, but there was a, a rift that took place from there, that controversy. And we see it in the New Testament. We read about it. So that's kind of where that all started. And then Zerubbabel's temple, Ezra chapter 6, verse 3 in the first year of Cyrus the king, the same Cyrus the king made a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. Let the house be built, the place where they offered sacrifices. Let the foundations thereof be strongly laid, the height thereof three score cubits, the breadth thereof three score cubits, with a, three rows of great stones and a row of new temper. Let the expenses be given out of the king's house. Now, how does this new temple compare with Solomon's temple. The text does not give details like when Solomon built the first temple. You find that in 1 Kings 6 and 2 Chronicles 3. But it does give us the basic outdoor dimensions. It was 90 feet high by, and 150 feet long uh, and three stories. So, sorry, 90 feet wide and 100 feet, 150 feet long and three stories high. Um this is one-third larger than Solomon's, though it was a lot simpler. Its furniture was uh, mostly limited to being pieces included in Moses' tabernacle. And then obviously in uh, Nehemiah, it's the rebuilding of the wall and just how quickly they did that and how the people uh, got behind it. Though there was adversaries they continued uh, faithful to the task and God blessed and they saw that wall rebuilt in a quick fashion. So I hope that has been a help to you uh, and a little bit of encouragement and help you again to understand the word of God even in a little bit deeper way. So let me encourage you to continue to explore the word.